Guru Nation, welcome back to another episode. This is going to be a classic. We have the CRA Academy instructor, um, Tiffany, all the way from now Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Students of the CRA Academy, they know who Tiffany is. She's been teaching our CRA Academy since the, since the beginning. She's co-founder with us. Me and Chris and you, Tiffany Bennett, we had a, uh, we had a dream one day we did have a dream we said uh <laughs> i you know i don't want to do revisionist history because i don't really remember how it happened yeah. all i remember is people kept asking me um hey can you train me how to be a cra and i kept saying no no mm -hmm. no 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 and it was mm -hmm. like 30 people and mm -hmm. then i was like shoot maybe we have something here and mm -hmm. then i honestly don't know how like i talked to chris and then we both said, well, we should ask Tiffany because I don't even remember why, but we, for remember. some reason we chose you. I remember because we were, we had our site in Bakersfield. <clears throat> oh, we were site partners back then. We're going to yeah. get to that, like somewhere in the middle, that's going to be sandwiched okay. in to your okay. group. Uh, so that's why. Yeah, because we I'm were thinking, coming off the heels of that. Mm -hmm. Well, we couldn't have picked a better person because you were at the time a CRA and you were a overworked CRA, which is, we can't not discuss the bad about being a CRA as well. Yeah. Everybody sees the glamour. And mm -hmm. I know we're trying to like raise awareness for our CRA Academy. So it would make sense for us to not, not talk about the bad. Mm -hmm. I actually want to focus on the bad almost as much as the good because well, I mean, they go hand in be, hand. They do. We want to be truthful and honest and yeah. They call us road warriors for a reason. And if it means one less student join, one less student join. But we had no problems filling our last class. Mm -hmm. I thought, like, I was ready to turn off the website, Tiffany. Really? Like, even now, like, we just got someone joined the other day. I'm like, dude, we need to, like, turn this thing off right now. We can't. Uh, we can't take. I yeah. think we're at 21. And we said 15 to 20 max. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're at 21. 22 if you include the student that has to retake it. Um, oh, okay. well that's good I mean it's a good problem to have right yeah but like so we I kept getting these things back in 2015 mm -hmm. people kept asking hey how do you do this at the time I never had CRA experience mm -hmm. so I told mm -hmm. Chris like hey first of all I hate teaching I can do it on a video but I hate teaching like I didn't know that <laughs> I got better <laughs> now but I hate I used to hate it and then I'm not a CRA mm-hmm how are we going to do this? And mm -hmm. I think you were like the natural choice because we were working with you at that time. We were talking every day right? because we were starting up that site in Bakersfield. Right. Um, but Tiffany's somebody that I knew for long before then, maybe since like 2012 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I asked you, I think I asked you for, or I bought a investigator contract or something you did. like that. You were like one of my first clients when yeah, and I, watched I didn't even know what YouTube. I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you watch a video on YouTube. You called me. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, this girl's pretty cool. She's local. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and you're like, hey, I need an investigator contract. So my I had a business partner that was an attorney at the time. And he, mm -hmm. he was making one for me. So I was like, hey, how much does it cost to make one? so that you were that's how we started out talking mm -hmm. about that um that was over it's been almost 10 years since we've known each other it's been more than 10 years that was 12 2012 that's crazy 
crazy. Yeah. So, you know, a whole decade knowing you and business partner and CRA Academy has been now since 2016 officially. So that's, that's it's six years. Six years. Yeah. Six years and seven. nine months to be exact. And mm-hmm. we've improved it a lot. We're actually going to improve it more. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tiffany, somebody who like Southern California native, like myself, went to USC, ran track, got a scholarship. You got a full ride full for running track. You were fast. We uh, <laughs> we're, we always talk about who could win in a sprint. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Uh, in in your prime, you could beat me. I don't know about now, but I was pretty fast too. Never ran track though. Yeah. Well, the thing about it, I had been running track since I can remember like 10 years old. I ran from 10 to 23 years old. See, it's the form oh, and the coaching. God. I just had yeah. the raw, just never coach. But um, mm-hmm. I feel like if I have one regret, it's that I didn't run track in um, high school and college. But mm. anyways, Tiffany, USC, what was your major? I majored in health promotion and disease prevention studies. It was a pre-med major. Pre-med. So you always had that on your mind. And clinical research. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Well, the thing about it, I knew I wanted to go into health. I was, I think I went through a a couple of different majors in college as most, well, maybe not most, but some college students do when you're trying to decide. And I was a kinesiology major for a minute because of sports and I wanted to be a physical therapist. And then those classes were a little challenging while trying to run track at the same time. So I kind of switched to, I wanted to do something in health. And so that was like the next best thing. But that's, it's kind of like a, a public health degree, just an undergrad. I always wondered, so running track, like, I mean, track's still a big sport, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like basketball or football at USC where mm-hmm. all the attention's on you, but track's up there. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like um, you, with with the track, do you feel like you were able to? focus on the studies enough or do you feel like um because of the fact that you had to run track you had to like compromise a little bit on the studying or were you able to pull it off i i mean i graduated (laughs) i was able to pull it off that's like me and i didn't run play sports (laughs) it was one of the hardest things i've ever done in my life but Mm. totally worth it worth it worth it Yeah. yeah So what they do is like, like when you're training. Are there any videos of you running track at USC? Um, it's been a long time, Dan. I gotta I look it up. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look you don't it up. have you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. It's been a long time, okay. but I think it it taught me like how to just grind. Like I learned that grind, mm. you know at a very early age and usc is you know that's one of the top, top tier schools, so. like yeah when academics it's, or it was athletics a challenge it was very challenging but it was worth it my p mm-hmm. my current pi went to usct um oh really yeah the guy here in yuma dr smith do you think that prepared you for the grind of being a cra absolutely yeah especially i mean when you when you're working as a CRA, you know that we're road warriors. So 
beyond learning the protocol and like presenting to doctors and making sure that everything is, you know, FDA compliant and following ICHGCP, you have the other side of it where you have to book your travel and, you know, um, write your reports and your expense reports. And so that kind of, you know, getting to, into that groove, it just, I feel like because all the hard work I did before, I was kind of ready for it. But even though it took me about three years to become actually become a CRA once I graduated okay. college. What, three years? We're going to get into that process mm -hmm. right now. Um, I forgot to thank the sponsor, Viva. Viva, you've used Viva as a CRA? I have. Uh-huh. It's been a while, but yeah. What do you think? What did you think back then? Um, I liked it. All right. You could be honest. You don't have to. That's good. So Viva, I don't know if you know now, but Viva, thank you, the sponsor. They they want sites. They're giving e-regulatory for free to sites. So oh, sites. And okay. we're actually, I didn't even tell you yet, but, I, you know, we're always improving the CRA Academy. Mm -hmm. We're going to be using some of it. Um, we're developing it for using it during the internship. Um, but it's e-regulatory. So if you're a site, and you, you're like, hey, you know, I have all these paper reg binders. They can take up a lot of space. They're inefficient. You can just put it on Viva Site Vault for free. Viva, Viva sites, uh, sites.viva.com. It's called Viva Site Vault. And it's absolutely free. They don't want anything. They just approve your email and that's it. Then you can create like all your studies, put your folder. They they support e-signatures, electronic delegation of authorities log. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Nice. Uh, they they're playing the long game. They want sites to start using it because they understand if more sites use it, more sponsors mm -hmm. are gonna pay them mm -hmm. for their other services, which is trial master file and mm -hmm. all that stuff, which we'll get into. So, anyways, thank you, Viva, for being the sponsor of the podcast. Now back to Tiffany Bennett, co-founder of the CRA Academy. So, USC, did you know about research while in school, clinical research? Uh, no, I did not. So how did you discover did not, re clinical research? I honestly, I fell into it by accident. It's a hidden industry. I graduated and I said, okay, it's time to find a job. I needed a job with benefits. I started applying in, because I was in LA. You know, I'm, I'm from Central Valley. I'm from Bakersfield. So I was oh. like, I didn't really. Wait, I, mean, I didn't know you, I did, went, you went to high school there? Yeah, I'm born oh, and raised okay. in Bakersfield. I thought you were like around LA, not Bakersfield. All right. No. Ah, so okay. yeah. No, I'm born and raised in Bakersfield. And yeah, so I mean, I just thought that there was more opportunity in LA. So I just yep. stayed and I worked um for USC for a little bit for my um I guess it it's kind of like an internship kind of for the Institute for Preventive Research. And it was part of what I needed to graduate. And so that's kind of how I got into research, but it wasn't clinical research. So with that little bit of experience that I had, like seven months or something, I just started applying to jobs that just had the title research in it. And then I ended up getting a, an administrative assistant, research administrative assistant job in downtown LA. And that job was clinical research. And that's when I learned that's when you learned. So that was like a regular site, like uh, yes, oncology. Oncology. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense because that you've kind of stayed true to that niche 
Mm -hmm. or that subset it's not really a niche it's its own thing <laughs> the biggest the busiest part of research every year is oncology Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. research okay Right. So I was responsible for the regulatory documents, not necessarily like, you know, source docs or anything like that. I was administrative assistant and then I was responsible for all the regulatory binders and there were over like wow 30 oncology studies that they were doing. So I got a crash course in regulatory as my first job. And See, then, Viva would have been great for you back then if the technology was there. yeah, yeah. All the filing, finding the protocol study number and looking at 1572s, financial disclosures, protocols. <laughs> So it was a whole crash course. and from there, how long did you stay there, regulatory administrator? Um... Not very long. I was What'd you, there. what happened? I just wanted something. I don't know. I think what happened was I had got um, someone contacted me in regards to being a study coordinator or project coordinator. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Project coordinator. And then I ended up actually <clears throat> working with a different oncology group after that in data management. And then I worked Okay. for, yeah. So You've I did done that. everything. Yeah, at that time, well, the thing about it, when you're in research, so just, just to take a one step back, like I would see, I always had a goal, an end goal of becoming a CRA because Since when? Since when? since the administrative research job, because So you learned what CRAs I were like saw right there. the whole Yeah, because I was an admin and I was doing administrative work and regulatory work, my um, boss was telling me about the CRA that will be here during this time and this binder needs to be ready so they could, you know, monitor it. And I would just see all these CRAs coming into the office and I'm just like, what is this about? Like, what is a CRA? What is a clinical research associate? What are they doing? You know, and that from that point, I had did a lot of research on what CRAs are. And then I just kind of made my What what way. was what was attractive to you though? Was it the salary? Um, CRAs get paid a lot. They actually get paid like the most in the industry, Mm and hmm a lot of that is, I mean, I feel like a lot of that has to do with how much you're sacrificing to be a CRA, which we're definitely gonna Mm get hmm into pretty soon Mm hmm here. But like, was that the main attractant, or did you just Mm hmm want? No, no, no. I think, I don't think, I mean, that would definitely like was, um, that definitely was like a factor, but it wasn't the main thing because of how challenging it is to actually become a CRA. So my objective was just to get to get to some enough experience under my belt to where I can even have the opportunity to be a CRA. <laughs> and then Yeah. the salary, all that stuff came later. But I think what I Wow. liked about it was the fact that from what I read and what I saw that they were traveling They weren't in one place. So that was the first thing that I think attracted me to it because you get to go to different places and, you know, see different. At, my, and at that time, this is what I thought, that you got to spend a lot of time in the places where you're going Yeah. <laughs> and Do you travel. think... Yeah, everyone thinks it's so glamorous. There's like these TikTok series now, and <clears throat> it's so obvious they're just curating the best parts. Like, yeah, you know, you they're can like, do here's it. a day in the life, and they show them 
getting ready in the morning, getting breakfast at a hotel. They don't show like being at the side and like writing the report. They just show like Mm -hmm. the the glamorous part. So everybody thinks, Mm -hmm. oh, exactly. wow. Exactly. So that's what that's the same thing that drew me to it, too. So I I mean, it's a it's a great it's a great job. But I feel like, you know, you got to be ready for unless you're in-house CRA, you got to be ready for that. For that so how did the warrior life. how did you transition from site to CRO? Was it straight to CRA or you did in-house first? No, I did a little in-house work um, as like a project coordinator, project assistant, working for different like biotechnology companies and pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies after becoming a data manager. All oncology? No, it wasn't oncology. It was um, we worked on like hemophilia studies. Like it was like a um, I don't want to call it rare disease, but it was, well, it was mostly administrative. So I wasn't even training on the protocol. I was more of the the project manager and CRA's like right hand. So it was kind of like an in-house CRA, but more just like administrative, just, but I'm working with them, but I'm not like necessarily trained on the protocol because I don't have, I didn't have to execute that at that time. And this was before like the role of like a remote site monitor or an in-house you know, now it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like we deal more with our in-house series than we do our actual series for the studies now as a site. Like, yeah, they're yeah, they're taking some of the responsibilities off the CRAs because it, it I think because also as I mean, I think one is the complexity of the protocols. They're more challenging and you really like I like I was saying earlier, you know, you gotta really be that liaison and that site person you know and it's mm-hmm. hard to balance all of the things so i think sponsors are you know delegating more responsibilities to their in-house team which takes some of the pressure off being a cra because yeah you could be over overworked it makes sense from a retention <laughs> standpoint also yeah um, it's more building the relationship with the doctors because doctors don't sites don't necessarily like when they have always have a new cra no, and CRAs don't <laughs> like when, I mean, as much as CRAs want to be helpful, I remember when I was coordinating back in the day, I would call my CRA, no matter where she was, she'd answer her phone, she'd be on another site visit, and mm-hmm. I remember she was at my site monitoring, and sites would call her, and she would answer, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. now that's kind of not the case anymore, because they have like in-house and remote site mm-hmm. monitors that should mm-hmm. be, and that's, that makes sense, but I don't know why it mm-hmm. didn't make sense back in the day. I guess the industry wasn't developed enough yet. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think, like I said, I think it has more to do with just the the number of protocols that CRAs are assigned and the complexity of them. Yeah. It's Maybe... crazy busy right now too. Yeah. It's always busy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. So for, so then you went from that role, was that at a biotech or a, a sponsor or at a CRO? Yeah, sponsor. Sponsor. I didn't start working for CROs until I actually started monitoring. Yeah. And so, so with the biotech, you started mon- sponsor, you started monitoring like they say. No, no, no. Okay. no, 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 no. I, when I, when I became, so after being like a project assistant, I think, or a project coordinator for like a couple of years and working for a few different sponsors, I was, well, like I said, I was kind of. I, w- I guess I was an in-house CRA, but they just, you know, all these companies have different titles and stuff, but that's, that's typically the work that I, that I did was assisting CRAs. And then I got my entry level 
um, CRA position with Quintiles in 2008. And then that's where it all started. <laughs> that's Ikevia for those that don't know. Ikevia, yep. Yeah. They don't know Quintiles. Only like OGs mm -hmm. know Quintiles. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> so, I should have said that. <laughs> well, it's okay. That's what I'm here for. So the, I'm imagining because this, this is only a few years into your career. You've mm -hmm. already had like three jobs, three or four jobs that mm -hmm. we've named so far. Mm -hmm. Were the interview processes easy? Were you recruited or did you have to seek these new positions? No, I had to seek the new positions. Ah, I was okay. just applying like crazy and they just had it. And the interview I remember going into it and trying to prepare as much as possible, you know, like the situational and behavioral questions. And you love that. Getting... You teach that in the class. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and trying to be prepared. And I got there and the the interviewer just started telling me about the position, asked me a few questions about my background. And that was it. I got a call like the next week saying I, I got the job. So I don't think that they were focused i think that to get to that point they were hiring so many like entry-level cra's that they just wanted to train new people mm -hmm. so as long as you had i mean that's just kind of i mean i'm it's, it was a long time ago but I'm, that's kind of how the, the feeling i had like it wasn't very difficult yeah. because they knew i was entry level so it's not like they would ask me about source documents and ask me about like monitoring scenarios because they know I never monitored before. So that's they knew kinda... you had transferable skills that with a little tweaking you can do the job. Basically. Because yeah. back then, just like now, there was a huge shortage of mm -hmm. any kind of workers in the space. That's by the way, mm -hmm. nothing's changed. It's probably gotten worse. Uh, possibly. I mean it's and that's kind of why I like it's I keep going back to the same thing. This is the, uh, the like the number one thing. Like it's a hidden industry. People do not know about still. clinical research, even still. still. Like I have people who know I work in this industry and they're constantly asking, what do you do again? And I'm just like, okay, so you know those commercials on TV, right? With the FDA approved medicines. I have to start with what they see on TV and then work my way back to how it gets to that point. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's like my conversation. That's the best way I can like describe it. So. Yeah, people think we're in the lab, like inventing molecules. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, not so much. <laughs> it's a, it's you're right. It is a hidden industry. Mm -hmm. So Ikevia, they're known well. Quintiles, they're mm -hmm. known for exactly what they did with you. Take on mm -hmm. a, like inexperienced people who have potential so maybe coordinators mm -hmm. or in your case you weren't coordinator you went from sponsor and site level to um cra mm -hmm. they're they're known and probably still known for taking people who have experience but not monitoring experience and then mm -hmm. training them and basically overworking them i mean i don't know if that's still the case but that's the reputation they have it's mm -hmm. like we'll be that we don't mind being the first ones to give mm -hmm. this person, uh, Tiffany, a mm -hmm. chance at being a CRA, and that comes mm -hmm. with a huge salary increase. But mm -hmm. we're gonna work her like crazy, and I think and that's still know, the strategy. 
it it uh, whether it's on purpose or not, I think that that's the part that because it's challenging to get become a CRA already, right? I mean, they want you to have a certain amount of experience, but at the same time, like they also know that you don't know what you don't know. I feel like, mm-hmm. and so you're not gonna say no to the work, or you're not gonna have anything else to compare it to, and you need to get the experience. So. So I mean, your first week, let's go with your first week at Quint House. Like, how did that work? What did the, um, the first week I was, I forget, I forgot where I went, but it was, was like before a, um, remote jobs, right? You had to go to an office somewhere. Yeah, I flew to, I can't remember. I want to say somewhere Midwest from LA and okay. we did training there for about a couple of weeks mm. just before going on site. Was it Overland Park, Kansas? I, I had I, something like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They have a big and, there. Yeah. And so we did all of the training. And then I think some was even at, a, at like a hotel, like a conference room. Um, If I, I mean, I, I might be, it's, sorry, Dan, it's been, it's been a while. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, who I don't can... even remember exactly where, but I just know that it was me and a bunch of other, like you said, <laughs> coordinators, people who used to be coordinators, yeah. people from all different, you know, um, different previous roles. Yeah. Um, and we just sat there and they took us through the whole kind of like what we do at the, for the CRA Academy. They took us they through the They don't do whole... that anymore though. Now it's all remote. Like they do it on Zooms and I, yeah. a bunch of video you, modules. Yeah, yeah. Save money that get, way. You get the good experience. It's, being that you were around, this is an industry hot topic. It's kind of a, a bit of a tangent, but we'll come back. The diversity in clinical research. You know, you were, <clears throat> I mean, from my experience, when I started in research, like I remember my CRAs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They were all white women all mm. <clears throat> until about I started seeing a shift like 2010, 2012. I started seeing more minorities, mm-hmm. still mostly women, mm-hmm. more minorities. Mm-hmm. So when you were doing this training, it must have been like 08, 09, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you like in this room getting trained? Were you like the only black person there or were there others? that's a good question i know that there weren't very many did it ever stand out to you like hey or you know what honestly because of i was it stood out before then it stood out before becoming a cra yeah i felt like from the sponsors that i worked for there weren't very many you know yeah. people of color I think already the made just because of the industry yeah. yeah yo no for sure and then so I didn't really notice it but it's kind of hard because you know when you're a CRA you work solo most of the time yeah yeah so unless it's an investigators meeting you're not going to be in a room with a bunch of CRAs all the time like you guys work independent we all work independently so I, I mean I think that it wasn't so much monitoring that I was thinking about. I was just thinking more of an industry level. Like it's, 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 you know, not a lot of people of color, but not from a CRA perspective, I guess. Just from the industry as a whole. Just in general. Yeah. I think the industry, everybody like um, 
always talks bad about the industry for different reasons, but I think that's one area where I've personally anecdotally seen mm -hmm. huge, huge improvements. I mean, now we see mm -hmm. Latinas, we see a lot of black mm -hmm. people monitoring, coordinating Latinas. Mm -hmm. um, I think they've made huge progress, whether intentionally or not. Mm -hmm. It's just, it happened that way. So, and, and I that's, think that's good. I think that's yeah. a good thing for back trickles down to study participants, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, that's another, another conversation, but yeah, I think that, I think that's, like I said, it's, it's a hidden industry. It's hard. I mean, if you're talking about science, that's one thing, but to talk about pharmaceuticals, medical device, biotechnology, that's another just behind the scenes segment that people are just unaware of. It's just not something that comes to mind when you think about when you get prescription medications or, you know, anything yeah. over the counter, like they don't think about how that package insert or the research and like, like no one, <laughs> they you know used to like not think no how this affects Latinos, Blacks, Asians. Now oh. the FDA is seeing like, Hey, this is, you know, this we is... need more diverse participants. Yeah. Mm. And that's why I'm kind of, you know, um, part of, I mean, part of my mission is like, getting more doctors of color involved in research and yeah. that will trickle down to the patients because patients, you know, trust their doctors and, you know, it's a whole thing. Of course. <clears throat> so back to the training. So, okay. Quintiles, you're, mm -hmm. you're there, you're doing training. <clears throat> when did they send you to your first monitoring visit? Like how long was the training? And then I'm assuming you were a co-monitor, um, how did that all work and how quickly well, were you given like freedom to just be on your own? It was pretty, I mean, I ha we had two or three weeks of training, just CRA training, period. No, no assignments, no allocations, no, you know, sites, none of that. So just source documents, ICHGCP, source data verification, like that, you know, what we talk about in the academy. And then, um, you go out on, so you get assigned a part. I got assigned a protocol. I think I had two protocols. I forget what they were on. Uh, and then I was assigned. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me. I don't, I don't remember. It was too, it was too long ago. I think it, let me, let me get back to you on that. It was I know, not oncology then. No, it was not oncology. Yeah. <clears throat> oh no, no, that, uh, that would have been way too early. That's later. <laughs> that's later. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit, a little bit later. Um, I went on shadowing visits first for all the different types of visits. And then, you know, for pre-study selection, site initiation, interim and uh, interim visits and closeout on our closeout visits. Um, but it, it's hard to say because it's, it wasn't like all in that order. I know I had, I was on a brand new protocol but you don't do it all in a row. You do it as yeah. the opportunity comes up. And, you know, so I shadowed and then I was being observed in doing those visits before I was able to go out on, on my own and do them. Yeah, it makes sense because you finish the training, then you do real life stuff and real life <clears> stuff <throat> doesn't happen in order. It happens when it happens. Right. Um, exactly. So how long but were you at I was... else? Like, oh, go ahead. Um, Maybe like a... I think a year. Only a year? Mm-hmm. Wow. So turnover, they were not 
they were not really focused yet on retention back then. <laughs> no, I Why'd mean, that's leave? the thing. Um, I think I had got another just higher paying opportunity. This time they found you or you found them again? Um, that's a good question. I don't really, I don't recall. I don't yeah, remember. These things are hard to like to go back and. Uh... It's hard because there's always <laughs> like, I mean, once you, that, that's, a, and that's, that's kind of what I was saying. Once you get past that threshold and having that two years of experience. Yeah. You get recruiters, you get on the list. No, the recruiters never really, the recruiters never really stop recruiting. It's hard to recall. Like I couldn't even recall how we started working with you at Siri Academy. I just know that we did. So. <laughs> I get it. it was, I remember. I remember. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, you know. It's so only a year and then another CRO mm -hmm. came through or you found mm -hmm. them somehow happened. They're like, hey, boom. How much pay increase was it? Do you remember like approximate amount, like percentage? Was it significant mm. enough to make you leave? Yeah, it. I don't. I. I don't remember. I know that my first entry level, uh, position at there was sixty five thousand. Wow. So. Okay. It just you know the more experience you have, the more money that they offer you. Yeah. If now that's like entry level for in house theory. Is it? Yeah, no, more okay. or less. Yeah. <clears throat> and also, like I said, I wasn't a coordinator. You know, I just kind of negotiated that. I know that it went up. I, I mean, it was, it was about 20 grand more than okay. you know, what I had before. So I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> Did you want to leave because of the increase in salary or like the workload was getting too much at Quintel's? I, I don't think it, it was, I don't think the workload had hit me. I think okay. that I was just used to, or not really used to anything. I just knew that that was just the name of the game. Okay. That's just, because when you're monitoring, you're monitoring. You don't really, you know, that's kind of, you know, two, three protocols, different site allocations. You don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of up in the air. Yeah. Um, that's just, yeah, you just don't, that's just what monitoring is and that's just something I think you just get uh, prepared for. So the next CRO, now you're an experienced CRA, so they pay you more and probably mm -hmm. give you more responsibilities too. Mm -hmm. Um how did that go? When did you start feeling the burnout? Like oh, when did was I start? it this place? No, I start I mean this was I don't think it was so much the place. I think it was just more of just years of being a CRA. Because once you get the experience the expectation is higher yeah so they're and like they you've been doing this <laughs> and you start giving you more and you i mean it all i mean what what are the like the um the metrics is has always been eight to ten visits on site every month mm -hmm. right so that level of traveling 65 80 percent a week you just get kind of used to it. So I, I think after maybe, and I, and like I said, I was living in LA, <laughs> going back and forth. Like, you know, I thought I was still, the burnout came later, like maybe after mm, five or six years. 
Just wondering. Five, five or six years. So this next job, how like did when was it that you were started thinking about sites? Because they were getting close to when mm -hmm. you started watching my videos and called me. Mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, that's a good question. I think because what was I doing? What made you think like, hey, maybe I could be a site owner? I don't even think I was being, thinking site owner until. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was I was more I guess I guess it that's kind of what I was doing, but I was more interested in just working with one doctor and them being the owner of their research or of their like medical practice and I was just kind of like a contractor and that's why uh. I was reaching out to you and I started watching your YouTube videos and then you and Chris approached me about being a site owner in Bakersfield. That's right. Oh, okay. and I was wow. And I was like, "Heck yeah, that sounds good. I could do that." So I went back to Bakersfield and wow. started recruiting. Yeah. So, but so that's and that's what I mean. Like I didn't. So I we convinced I, you to not I, be a CRA. <laughs> I was ready for something new. You were ready. Yeah, because. What made you get ready, be ready? Like, why not some people just finish their careers and then try to be a lead CRA so they don't have to travel as much? Yeah, that's, I, I just think that I was just trying to be more entrepreneurial. That was, that was uh, the real thing. I was just trying to be. Because you have that, you have that in you though. Yeah. And I was trying to just do something new because I saw your videos and I started watching them and I saw how, I was like, oh, I know doctors because it's, I keep saying it, it's a hidden industry. Even doctors, doctors don't, I don't think go through a formal clinical research training in like when they're in medical school. No. <laughs> so my whole thing was introducing doctors to clinical trials, kind of like, you know, similar to what I'm doing now, but like in a different way. So I was mm. just like, I think I knew a doc of a doctor and I did a little bit of recruiting in LA prior to going back to Bakersfield. And that's when I hit you up about the contract. And then you and I and Chris started talking about, you know, opening a site in Bakersfield. Because, you know, I think I've only been a CRA contract CRA for like three, four years in in mm -hmm. the middle of my career. Mm -hmm. um, that's a long story of to why, but um, I could see if I'm in that role and nothing else, that I don't even go to a site to, and look at, you know, like my mind doesn't think because you're in the, you're in your reports, like you're, you're one track mind. Like I just need to finish my visit, do my report and go to the next place. I don't have time to open my eyes and see like, this is something maybe I can do. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you don't look around. I mean, I, you know, being a site owner first, I already mm -hmm. know that when I'm monitoring, mm -hmm. but I could easily see how you can just get wrapped up in, in the weeds and not look like, you know, bird's eye view of mm -hmm. the situation. And I don't know, a lot of CRAs have been waking up to it, but it's sign ownership's not for everyone. Matter of fact, it's like in many ways, it could be more stressful than being a CRA because you don't really have a guaranteed income and you're mm -hmm. someone that that's done both. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe we could segue into the side ownership. So we, mm -hmm. I guess we convinced you. I don't remember that part. But... <laughs> it's true. It's true. Wow. I had bought your, um, well, I just remember seeing you on YouTube and I just was, 
you well, know, we were talking a while already at this point with your contracts yeah. and all that. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you guys thought I owned a site in Bakersfield. You thought I owned my own research site period. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a CRA. I, I don't know yeah. anything about this. This was like 2012 and, and we were like, you know, even back then I was like, yeah, 12, 13. Yep. Small yep. is the new big, like Bakersfield's up and coming market. No one's really mm -hmm. doing research there. We need to mm -hmm. get out there and who better than Tiffany. And it's still close mm -hmm. enough to Orange County to where I can go and every now and then. You guys came up there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I remember 4 a.m. wake up calls and, you know, have to drive <laughs> over there and do site selection visits. And uh -huh. For whatever reason, it didn't work. It, it the studies were easy to get though. The studies were easy to get, but I think that I like kind of going off of what you said, how site ownership can be more stressful than being a CRA. It can be if you are the person that has to like getting the studies was one thing. That 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 was well because my doctors didn't necessarily have clinical research experience mm -hmm. right so there was a lot of opportunities and the training part I think for me is when it just kind of piled up because I had to train the doctors you know financing like we our budget was I think just a little bit more limited mm -hmm. um the doctors were in the middle of their practice and didn't know that it was going to take all this time yeah you know their staff was another factor because they're not going to be listening to me if their doctor is not telling them no. to listen to me no <laughs> right? we have to get our own we have to get our you in hindsight your... it could have worked but i mean everything's meant to be for a reason yeah uh, no <laughs> i i have no regrets it was a good great experience i, I saw how it all worked and then you know things happen Things happen. I mean, we basically like this is my revisionist history recollection of it, but <laughs> we finally found a good doctor Um, because mm -hmm. we had one that didn't work out for. I mean, if people knew why, it's a whole nother podcast, but mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we had another one or maybe it was the same guy. I don't even remember. No, but... we had we. Well, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. You think you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't talk about that. We um, got kicked out of someone's office because a big health provider came in and yeah. said, hey, thank you for doing all the work. Yeah. 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 We, we just had a bought whole... this guy's mm -hmm. practice. So we're doing mm -hmm. their research too. Thank you. Get mm -hmm. out of here. Well, they never got back to me. They never, we set up a meeting, told them all about what was going on and they vanished. Do you know and... that they called Chris to ask him to negotiate a budget after they kicked us out they're like oh yeah no, can not. you finish negotiating the budget <laughs> after eight or nine months like i remember waiting that long it was like almost a year yeah but they had the nerve to ask they kicked us out and then they had the nerve to ask they made us hand over all the contracts and then they had the nerve to ask us to finish the process <laughs> I was like, wow, unreal, unreal. But I still think it could have worked. But, you know, it was like time to move on probably for everybody. Yeah. Um, we moved on then, to the CRA Academy. Well, that's when we did CRA Academy, which was mm -hmm. huge. But at that same time, you mm -hmm. 
became an independent contract series. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I love your career because you have experience in everything, every aspect. Mm -hmm. So you went on to be the independent contractor, which mm -hmm. everybody knows make a lot more money. Mm -hmm. Now, is mm -hmm. that a lot more like double? It could be significantly more. I mean, <clears throat> I think at that point, the contracts that I had, um, that I was on was $75 an hour. In okay. door to door, door to door. But uh -huh. so that means when you leave your house, it starts. The time starts to when you get back to your house. Well, when you get to the hotel, right? Oh, okay. That's when you're trapped, so the time you it, air, you know, in the airport, getting to the airport, get to the hotel. You don't get paid in your sleep, unfortunately. Ah, okay, <laughs> that would be nice. Then you leave the hotel and go <laughs> to the site, and then, you know. That's that's kind of how that worked. And then I had at one point a different contract at $85 an hour. And I was a SWAT CRA and I was. So for people that don't know SWAT, what does that mean? I was just covering for a lot of different sites, regardless of um, like they had hired a bunch of CRAs to to do some remonitoring on a project. Basically, you clean up a mess. Cover, yeah, basically. And you cover <laughs> wherever it is, regardless of the region. Because, you know, there's regional CRAs and you stay within the Western region or the Southeast or wherever you may be. Mm -hmm. So, with that one, I was all over the place. I was in. So, they basically Detroit, give you problem Florida. sites and say, hey, here's some problem sites. It's not even so much sites. I think it was for just for the study overall. Oh, yeah, okay. it was more for a specific study. And it was, you know, it had a, I think it was a very short contract. Like it was like three months or something like that. Just and for that particular study. At one time you were juggling. This is one of the benefits of being an independent contractor is you can take on as much work as you want. So at one point you were kind juggling. <laughs> kind of. I know. You were juggling like two contracts or mm -hmm. three or two. Two, no, God, no, not three. two. But you were thinking about three. I had op at that time. There were a lot of opportunities. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. You get the two years of experience, and wow. you're on that recruiter. I mean, the recruiters they call all the time. <laughs> so, so you were on a plane like just every day of the month for yeah for like a year. Yeah, for yeah, it was it was too much. So not sustainable. No. But, What's the worst part about that? Is it the health well, negative health outcomes that it gives you or stress? Or I what? think I think that when you don't have a work life balance in any situation, I think that's that's I think what was lacking because you're a road warrior. You're out <laughs> sixty five to eighty percent a week, and and I'm not trying to make it sound negative, but I just think that. There comes a point where, you know, it's cool to say that you did that. And I, for me, I just, it was just time for me to like move on because I was just really tired of the travel. The travel became a lot. It's the travel that, that did it. Yeah. And I'm not really, I mean, it's the same, um, I hate to sound so negative about it. It's not. It's well, not that I want to be negative. We have to 
talk the truth it's about a, monitoring. It's a great job. Yeah, no, I think that it's a great job, but I think that I'm not old, but the older I got, the less <laughs> I was just willing to get on a plane. I like the perks. You get the, you know, I have the, the Hilton Honor points. I had hundreds of thousands of those airline you fly business miles. class. No, I didn't fly business class, oh, but okay. I because I saved all of mine. I just accrued them. Are you saved? You know, now yeah, it's contract monitoring, first class every time. <laughs> yeah. No, I. I mean, I could have, but I. I. I just didn't. Um, but because we have we have budgets that we have to stick within to and within and then our you know yeah. the travel agency they they, they yeah they we well we not the agency <laughs> but we have our own platform and you know you, you got to do your expense report so they give you budgets on how much your flights and hotels uh, no, when i was contract they didn't they were so small they're like you oh yeah contracting is different yeah they told mm -hmm. me you stay under this amount and we don't mm -hmm. care so i learned if i book it early enough so i before mm -hmm. i left the site i would schedule my next one and then i would mm -hmm. book it if i booked it early enough la to san francisco i could get mm -hmm. first class every time so mm -hmm. i just got spoiled mm -hmm. like now i hate flying mm -hmm. <laughs> anything but business class they bring you champagne they bring you beer as much as you want well that's another thing you had good time management <laughs> Well, yeah, because I only had like three sites I had to monitor. I wasn't right. I'm not a good example, but uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, well, I know enough to like know how stressful the job can be. Mm -hmm. But the travel part, like I got spoiled because it's only an hour flight and it's like I could go first mm -hmm. class. But I can't imagine mm -hmm. like having someone buy my tickets and put me mm -hmm. in middle seat somewhere. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's I mean, we had we had well, for some of the companies, we had our own like website to like book. But uh, you, you, you buy it yourself. Like you have your corporate card, you know, we just had, you know, especially when it also like with meals and stuff, there's only so much you could spend uh, on okay. breakfast, lunch and dinner and all that. But you're also, I mean, talk about travel is one thing, but then it's another thing to, I mean, you have a lot of sites and you have a lot of protocols. Like you have, I've been on like up to four protocols at once in like 16 sites. Four protocols, 16 sites at once. But they're at different stages. So some are, were for SIV, some were for PSV. Two of my studies were just straight monitoring. So there was a point where, I mean, they weren't all monitoring visits. They were just like closeout visits. They would, they would, it would, it just varies. And that's, I think the part of the, you know, wow, it's a lot at times. It's it could be yeah, but then you know you talk to your manager, you talk to the project man, or not your project manager, but you talk to your line manager, and sometimes I mean you would I would do more than ten visits in a month, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be all at once. It would just be like temporary. But that's I think part of just being a CRA is that you just don't know what the sponsor and CRO, you don't know what their needs are. So you're there to fill it in and it's just not always consistent. So I may have had 16 sites, but it wasn't like I, that was my life for like years. It was like 16 sites for like maybe six or seven months until these visits are done. And then, yeah. you know, but that's just the monitor. That's just part of being, you know, a monitor. So I think that it was you know challenging too yeah do you, you know. think we're the same age basically the mm -hmm. i remember in my 
I got into it in my mid twenties and then my thirties. And that like my mid twenties and my all of my thirties, I didn't really care about um meaning. You know, I just did things to do it, like activity. I was addicted to action. Not so much like I didn't care what it's for. Now I'm like Yeah. I don't know if it's more mature or what's happening, but it's like <laughs> I still like yeah. the action. Don't get me wrong, but Right. Well, you I know look time for for like all that. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but do you are I don't. you finding the same thing or Yes. I, I yes, absolutely. So it's normal. This is normal behavior. <laughs> I guess it hit me too. It hit me too. I'm just like, am I like growing up? <laughs> Well, the thing with me am is I like, mature? I still like, yeah, that's what that, but that's the great part about clinical research in general is that it is yeah. action. It is a lot of like stuff and it's all new, you know, Mm -hmm. except for Yeah. things that you've been doing for a long time, but there's always like different industry, different um, therapeutic areas, different technology, Yes. Yes. different, you know, people, it, it keeps it, it keeps it going, but Well, my point is, like, you get to a point, whether you're a business owner or a CRA or whatever in this industry, once you have, like, a decade, you you can start saying yes to everything. Like, people are just going to throw everything at you. And you can literally just say yes, 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 yes to everything. But something happened to me recently where I'm like, eh, why? You know, and my 25-year-old self would be like, what's wrong with you? You know, Mm-hmm. what do you mean, why? Who cares? Mm hmm But now mm I'm hmm like, no, why? Because why am I wasting time doing that if I can do something else? Like Right. something happens where you realize it's the effort has to be worth something more than just Yeah. doing something. Right. You want to make the best use of your time. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why I enjoy like education. I like training. So the CRA Academy, you love it. We've Love never it. had another teacher. You've been the only one. I think you've only had like two sick days. Otherwise, it's just been planned. You've had planned vacations, <laughs> but where either we skip yeah that week or me and Chris do it. But yeah like to actually get sick, it's only happened like once. You're like uh, Cal Ripken Jr. of <laughs> uh, Sierra Academy teaching. How do you do it? You I like just like it it. You must like it if we're doing it this long. I, I I really do and I like the the part that I that I like I think the most is um I get something back when people say, oh, I get it. I understand. I can see that, you know, like it's something about, I like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just something about making light bulbs go off in people's heads. Like when they finally put the whole picture together and it means something and it's something that they actually want to do, because like Wow. I said, It's a hidden industry. People still who know me, work, know, they know I work in clinical research. They don't know. They still, after all these years, it's been 17 years, still don't understand like the concept. And I'm just like, well, like, going back to the FDA, you know, the new FDA approved drugs, the commercials and stuff like this. It's just, I don't know. I just, I, I like clinical research. I, I'm, I'm. I think every year I'm getting better at it. There's always like. Yeah, you're getting really good at teaching. I mean, the students, like just about all of them, we've probably had since 2016, we've probably had at least 300, if not 500 students do our CRA Academy. And It's insane. yeah, like you've helped so many, I would say about half of them get a job within six months.
There's a certain percentage that never get into research because they can't leave their current job. They get paid too much. And um, and there's others that just quit. We've had a Mm -hmm. few like want to become site owners after taking the Siri Academy. Um, But like you've helped a bunch of people get in the industry. So that's I mean, they're going to remember Tiffany Bennett for the rest (laughs) of their lives once they're in this industry um so that's kind of cool and yeah I'm glad we were able to do that because I still don't think I could um I could teach her if I had to I don't mm-hmm. know maybe I would even enjoy it now but mm-hmm. I, I'm just not as good I don't think as you at teaching um like in that one hour slot that live class every every Saturday yeah yeah it's I mean it's and another thing just to add on to that like it's the students for Sierra Academy. And then there's also, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about, training doctors mm. and getting into research. That's, I like that too, because that's a different perspective. And you do but that as a consultant. You work with a nonprofits a, for breast cancer, right? I yeah. remember. Uh-huh. You were, one or time we were Smith Cancer Research Foundation. Mm-hmm. I remember you were doing <clears> like, um, IND applications or something um, like Yeah, that. I was helping, helping with this for the medical device. So I was helping on the, reg, on the regulatory side, um, uh, getting that whole thing together. And um, so, yeah, that's, and that's, that's another, that's the part, like once you're in mm. research, you go to different levels and different, and now I've never worked in medical device before, but the information is still out there, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to getting that like on board with the FDA. And so I just kind of like help do, I do what I can. I, I look things up <laughs> and research it, but it's still interesting when it comes to like the regulations and, and things like that. And then more recently I've been working with the national medical association and training uh, medical students and uh, dermatologists. Ah, derm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Derm studies are not easy. This is my first experience here in Yuma doing derm. I thought it was going to be easy. Mm-hmm. They're not easy. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. I helped um, do like a, like a registry protocol and yeah, a couple other things. So, so it's, you've been a, you're a generalist. You've have like multi therapeutic oncology device, regulatory, mm-hmm. clinical site, everything mm-hmm. training. <laughs> and I joke that we're old, but we're actually young. Um, in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. do you ever think like, hey, why not clinical trial manager for a CRO or a small biotech or, um get in on the biotech side do you ever think about that or like lead cra because you like training or like line manager because you could basically get any job you want nope don't think about it at all i'm stuck on education remember how you were talking about why yeah yeah (laughs) that's how i feel about it wow i i'm that's just where my strengths are i feel like yeah you know, I just, I just feel, I feel more accomplished in that, in the education space. Like I really like helping people understand. Mm. I don't necessarily, yeah. Like I just like helping people understand. I like explaining it. And the consulting still gives you um chance to get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. so that you I remain, still learn new things. You remain current, mm-hmm. but you have you you focused on what your passions are, which is yeah. educating. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure after this video, somebody's going to reach out and say, hey, you know what? We need a line man. We need a line manager. You don't have to travel. You can just educate. What about onboarding new CRAs at a CRO? Would you do that? Or I mean, biotechs? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I would, but, you know. I heard I from somebody. So we have, well, I don't want to mention her name, mm-hmm. but she helps with our CRA Academy now on the... Mm-hmm. Um, she was a in remote site monitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said she did it with another CRO. She did like a training. They have like mm-hmm. their own training. Um, mm-hmm. And she said compared to ours, because she took ours too. There mm-hmm. is no comparison. Like ours is so much better. It's not even, it's like comparing <laughs> like preschool to high school, like high school or college. Oh, wow. So these CROs are lacking um, training proper training mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think i think that's like a whole niche that no one's really looked into yeah i think it's that's that's the i think there aren't very many like and that's kind of why i'm just like the next level would be like ctm or but that's not really yeah. that doesn't that's not appealing to me um mm. education is but there's not a lot in that space i feel like because I don't actually don't know why. It's just I just don't think there's a lot. There's just a lot more opportunities for people who want to be CRAs or you know line managers and just like different yeah. positions. So I think that there's I I don't know. I can't really say, but I think that there's just not as much opportunity in the education space. I think that people companies just rely on the training for that specific position and then that's it yeah. but they all have their own internal like standard operating procedures or things like that but i don't think they have i don't know it's not i just don't think they put a lot of emphasis on it because once they people have experience that's just kind of what you go off of and then you have your mm-hmm. internal trainings for that company specifically but as long as I think, you know, you get past the ICHGCP training, which is global, you know, they renew that and do all those things, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, For somebody watching, you've done a lot of education, especially lately, like Mm -hmm. teaching. Why Mm -hmm. should someone watching consider the Siri Academy coming from the co-founder, not me, <laughs> because they hear from me all the time. But for me, you get to teach every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, why should they consider it? In your opinion, um, in your honest opinion. In my honest opinion, I think because of how comprehensive the program is with everything. I mean, you get trained on the pre-study selection visits, site initiation visits, IMVs, closeout. I think how we break down each week and really take it from like a bird's eye view and we narrow it down to like the, the specifics. Like I try to give as much information as possible and explain everything from A to Z um, that I don't want to say that it's, 
I don't intend to be overwhelming, but sometimes people are like, okay, well, this is, this is a lot of information, but I'd rather think, I'd rather give more information than less information. Like I don't want to leave any question unanswered. And I think that through what we go through and how we go through it, and then the scenarios at the end, Mm -hmm. you get to practice monitoring and then you work with the real EDC system. That that's the part that I think really shows people, okay, what it's all about. Like we did all this previous work because I referenced, you know, weeks three and four, SDR, Mm -hmm. source data review, source data verification for weeks nine, 10 and 11, because that's what you're going to be doing. So you get not only like the actual like training, but you actually get to do the work too. So I think it sticks a little more and Mm -hmm. it's uh, better that way. So and then the part where I get involved, well, me, Chris, Casey, Jeslyn, mm-hmm. who's new to the team, mm-hmm. uh, Ashley Margo, is the internship. Mm-hmm. You know, the internship oh yeah, the internship. I even real, that. Yeah, yeah. You're not involved in that part, but all it's right, the but real you have world. to. Pa- yeah, people always ask about that, and like, once you pass the final exam, then you have the opportunity to go. It's to the a internship. real study. You're doing real interim monitoring visit yeah. report on a real study. Once mm-hmm. they send us their first approved so casey does the um revisions just like a real lead series would do and then Mm -hmm. once it's approved finalized you get your resume done by ashley margo and she does a linkedin audit for you ashley's a remote site monitor for a big zero and then we have okay we just added jeslyn who's a remote site monitor she wants to be a clinical trial manager She's actually kind of is a clinical trial manager for our CRO when we do like these niche mm-hmm. IITs. Um, she's mm-hmm. teaching because, you know, the industry changed. In-house CRA is more likely to be your first job than CRA now, even if you pass mm-hmm. our class. Mm-hmm. She's teaching like she's going to teach a bonus class every month on remote site monitor stuff, in-house CRA oh, okay. stuff, Just to like get, nice. because it's more likely they're going to get that role first. So it's our mm-hmm. way to keep current with what's happening mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. other things like getting viva involved and mm-hmm. start doing so we're we're always improving it um mm-hmm. at least we try i mean most of the things we do do pay off in the end so yeah we yeah. put a lot of time and effort into it and there's a lot of people now mm-hmm. it used to be just me tiffany chris mm-hmm. and people would just come to california and like shadow us for a week but i think it's <laughs> way more sophisticated now and mm-hmm. we're trying to improve it every every quarter. Yeah. That's All good. Right, Tiffany. Well, <laughs> here's to another six years <laughs> and more. And um anything else you want to say? Um, come to the CRA Academy. You want to start your career <laughs> in clinical research. Yeah, and learn from the best. Uh somebody who's done it all and could do more, but she's like super passionate this is why i don't teach it you this is what you do like this is Mm -hmm. this is where you excel so um yeah really good to have you on board and we've just been growing ever since you know we've been yeah we used to think all right are we still gonna be able to get 15 every quarter right these quarters we're not gonna get 15 i think but it's bound to happen but maybe not i mean it's kind of going the opposite way now it's going yeah it's over 20 yeah (laughs) i know i know that's a good thing yeah well it's a testament to like how busy things are and i Mm -hmm. i expect things to stay busy for a while regardless Mm -hmm. of the macroeconomic um 
context that we're in. Like I think clinical mm-hmm. research kind of sheltered this time from everything else, mainly due to the pandemic and then mm-hmm. the explosion of innovation that's coming out that's necessary. Uh, mm-hmm. So thank you everybody for watching, listening. Thank you, Tiffany Bennett for <laughs> joining us. If you want to hear more about her, actually her email will be underneath this mm-hmm. video. She's crazy. Yes. She put her email. <laughs> so she's opening up to everybody just reaching out, but there you go. And if you're a biotech or CRO, you're going to have to win her over, but she might be able to train your whole organization. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tiffany. Like, subscribe, Thank comment, you. share. Catch you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs>